on, ladies and gentlemen. So today we're going to get into the recording that came out of Joe Biden, AKA Jim Crow Joe. Now, remember we've done a podcast about legacy civil rights groups and it was complaining that Joe Biden was ghosting them and he did not want to even acknowledge them. Well, finally Joe Biden had a meeting with them Tuesday of this week. Now this meeting was not to be open to the public. It wasn't to be recorded. It was supposed to be a closed door meeting with civil rights groups. And in this closed door meeting, Jim Crow Joe went right back to what we have heard him do for years. You understand? So I got access to the whole meeting and we're not going to play the whole meeting, but we're going to get to some of the clips that you heard and let things play out in their entirety. So you can get the, you know, the good, the good news from Jim Crow Joe and why I am not even mad at Jim Crow Joe whatsoever um, with this particular uh, piece. So let me get to the part that I'm going to start here. I'm there. President, you've mentioned more than once how the black vote saved you in your races in the Senate in Delaware. You've talked about your friendship with Mouse. We are now saying the black community have stood up in this election cycle. Let's not suffocate the black vote in Georgia and make sure we send the right message because the success of this administration will be the ability of the Senate to confirm your nominee. We have an opportunity here. We want to make sure we seize upon this opportunity and allowing for the input necessary, 10 more appointments to go. A lot of people in our community are getting a little anxious because they are not seeing enough of the progress they thought they would have seen at this point. Let's not disappoint them and let's not get to a place where voters in Georgia begin to second guess. Okay, let me respond. I, I, I gotta, I've got to go. Let me respond. There's a lot to respond to here. Let's get something straight. You shouldn't be disappointed. What I've done so far is more than anybody else has done this far. Okay, number one. Number two, I mean what I say when I say it. I mean what I say when I say it. I'm the only person who's ever run on three platforms that I was told could not possibly win the election. And I never ceased from it. One was on restoring the soul of this country because of what I saw happen in Charlottesville. That was it. No one else was talking about it. The words of presidents matter. Nobody else, no progressive was talking about it. I did. My son, Bo, used to have an expression. He'd say, remember dad, remember dad, home base. It ain't worth the job if I can't say what I believe. I didn't want to run this time. I ran this time because of the racist son of a gun who was president of the United States of America. That's why I ran. And you'll remember, a lot of you told me, talking about the soul of America, was going over people's heads. They didn't know what we're talking about. The words of a president matter. What a president says matters. And you've never seen me shy away. In the middle of the debate, I called him a racist. In the middle of the debate with him, I took on white supremacists. I'm the guy that took on every single time somebody was threatened in this country. The only white boy you know who did it, period, out there, every single time. So look, all I'm saying here is, guys and ladies, we're on the same exact page. 
the same exact page. We talked about closing the, the, the racial wealth gap. That's the single biggest thing I want to get done. It's the ultimate equalizer, no matter what else happens. Because I plan on spending over $15 billion to provide for opportunity for young black entrepreneurs to get them off the ground, black farmers to be able to own their own property, young people being able to get their first 15,000 bucks down payment on a home, making sure that they have an opportunity to gain wealth. We can do all the rest of this unless the black community is able to make up the wealth gap, in my humble opinion, is real trouble. I support same day registration. I'm the guy that extended the Voting Rights Act for 25 years as a United States Senator. Before, Sherilyn, you were even involved. I got it, I started off, I'm much older than you. That's why I got involved in politics. The assault on the black vote and voting rights across the nation has never been more ugly than it is today. You gotta go all the way back to the original Jim Crow to get where this guy is. If in case you haven't looked, we have the largest voting right, Kristen, my operation, 1,000 lawyers, bigger than you or anybody else out there on voting rights. 1,000 in this campaign, not a joke, 1,000. So I want you to know, I understand this. I know, look at the 38 cases that have been brought against my being president of the United States, all about phony, phony actions. And so I think there should be same day registration, automatic voting rights. I've been pushing and I got a number of people that contribute significantly to the effort down in Florida to make sure that uh, uh, that federal uh, um, prisoners who serve, uh, prisoners who serve their time have every single right restored to them. That's been my position before it was anybody else's position. I've been out pushing that. In addition to that, I think it's really important that no one goes to prison for a drug offense. Nobody. They go into rehabilitation. Rehabilitation. That's we should be building rehabilitation centers, not more prisons. I have a I have a $20 billion effort that I'm proposing to get states to change their sentencing guidelines so that there is no more mandatory sentences across the board. In addition to that, we're talking about having diversity hiring in every agency. I promise you that is going to happen. We're just getting started here. Police reform, judicial reform. Look, you know, when I was, if you notice, when I was chairman of the Judiciary Committee, and when I was advising the president, who did we get on the court? We got on a woman who worked for me, became a member of the Supreme Court. Another woman who was a leading Hispanic in America, no one paid attention to, is on the court. All the people that I pushed on the court have been, have been really pro-civil rights judges across the board. And I like you, the idea, Kristen, that we have to, everybody has to be a prosecutor. I'm a public defender. When I'm president of the United States of America, we're going to see to it the public defenders, federal defenders, get paid the same as federal prosecutors. Mm -hmm. So we can attract people. There's a whole range of things I guess I'm trying to say here. Look, the whole idea of, <coughs> of, of equity is built into everything we've done. For example, I laid out the, my, my COVID team. 
Nobody's ever done this before. We're going to have Marcelo Nunez-Smith. But, yeah, you know, she is going to have one job. We have an equity task force. Her entire job is to deal with the inequity that exists because of racial discrimination. And, Ms. Campbell, that's what this is all about, making sure that. You may remember, I'm the first person, black or white, who called attention to the fact that you were finding that there was the, the rate of people who were African-Americans are dying was three times that of, of, of white people. That's because a friend of mine, a white guy who happens to be, as you well know, Derek, the mayor of the city of Detroit, called me to tell me about it. I insisted that we keep a record on everything that happened since then. Guys, guess what I'm saying, guys, is, you know, I mean what I say. The hard part here is I'm going to have a lot of trouble. We're going to have a lot of trouble getting a lot of this done with this Congress. And so the question is, for example, you know, I'm going to be appointing at least and I'm, you know, look, the reason I'm not telling you who the other black maybe cabinet positions I'm going to appoint are is because it will get out. And guess what? I can't defend them. They're going to be out there by themselves without any defense before their name. They're going to get ripped to shreds. That's why I'm going to wait. You will be pleased, I believe. You will be pleased to see major, there'll be more African-Americans in major positions within a cabinet in major spots and more Hispanics in major spots than ever in American history. That's going to happen. I promise you that. And the other thing is, for example, thus far, you know, for example, when we went ahead and we made sure that, you know, I have as, uh, you know, uh, um, the Secretary of Treasury, Janet Yellen, but at number two is Wally Adiermo, an African-American who is the number two guy with real authority at that department. Look underneath just what we're doing in, in, in addition to the people we've already named. You're going to see people. Look, and, you know, Cecilia Rouse, CC, she is a significant player. That's a serious position. But it's like when I name her, well, I don't know if that counts. I'm not so sure. Well, if it doesn't count for y'all, well, the hell with y'all. But because it's real. It's real. So all I'm saying is look at us. Judge us based on what we do. You're going to see more coming your way. And not only that, within the White House as well. Cedric is the best. Cedric's been with me from the beginning. And Cedric is going to be overseeing a great deal of this and not all all his responsibility but he's in every single meeting he's an assistant to the president he's in every single meeting in the white house period 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 and so what we're going to be doing here is making sure that we have diverse hiring not only and for the main cabinet position and the sub cabinet positions but down the line down the line it's going to make a big difference and within the White House as well. Assistance to the president, there's only six of those slots. It matters. And by the way, I think you're going to see, I always kid Kamala by say this, but we're, we're going to have more women than men, as it's looking like now. Okay, that's good because I'm surrounded by women smarter than me, starting off with my wife and my sister. But all kidding aside, this is going to be fully, fully, fully across the board. I'm going to keep the commitment that I said. And here's the thing. And Al, Reverend Al, I think you're right about this. It matters what a president says. And if you notice, I am not mincing my words when I speak 
about what I plan on doing as president of the United States. The only thing I'm not doing is I'm not engaging in retribution. I am not deciding that the way to win is to go after hate with hate. We have to convince people. We have to move them, move them. And one of the overwhelming reasons I won, by the way, is because we took on racism in suburbia. White women, white women overwhelmingly voted with me and black women were the two places where it was overwhelming because we spoke to those concerns. And Vanita, you know what I'm talking about. You and I have talked before. I don't carry around a stamp on my head saying progressive and I'm AOC, but I have a more of a record of getting things done in the United States Congress than anybody you know, anybody you know of getting things accomplished. And that sounds so self-serving. I know that, but this is going to really be hard. This is going to really, really, really be hard. And let me conclude and turn it over to Kamala, who says, what the hell am I doing with this guy right now? But all kidding aside, I've known you my whole life, most of you. I've worked in my whole life, most of you. I've been around doing this for a long, long time. I don't always get it right, but I always take responsibility. When I get it wrong, I acknowledge I got it wrong. But my overarching objective, if we cannot make significant progress on racial equity, this country is doomed. It is doomed, not just because of African-Americans, but because by 2040, this country is going to be minority white European. Hear me? Minority white European. And you guys are going to have to start working more with Hispanics who make up a larger portion of the population than y'all do in terms of raw numbers. We're going to have to be working with a whole group of people that, in fact, are the single most diverse democracy in American history and anywhere in the world. And we've got to figure out how to unify this country. And you've been the leaders of being able to do that. Not a joke. And so there's some things that I'm going to be able to do by executive order. I'm not going to hesitate to do it. But what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to do what used to, Benita, you probably used to get angry with me during the debates, when you'd have some of the people you were supporting say, on day one, I'm going to executive order to do this. Not within the constitutional authority. I am not going to violate the Constitution executive authority that my progressive friends talk about is way beyond the bounds. And as a, a, one of you said, maybe you, Reverend now, well, whether it's far left or far right, there is a constitution. It's our only hope, our only hope. And the way to deal with it is where I have executive authority, I will use it to undo every single damn thing this guy has done by executive authority. But I'm not going to exercise executive authority where it's questioned, where I can come along and say, I can do away with assault weapons. There's no executive authority to do any of that. And no one's fought harder to get rid of assault weapons than me. Me. But you can't do it by executive order. If you do that, next guy comes along and says, well, guess what? By executive order, I'm going to say everybody can own machine guns again. So we got to be careful. I know you all know this. I know you know it 
I used, and poor Kamala's heard me say this, and so has Cedric. I used to have a friend named Bob Gold, who was a really bright guy. Not much of it. We went to school together. He wasn't an academic whiz, but bright as hell. And as he grew, he became very successful. And I look at him. He died of a heart transplant. And about 30 years, 20 years ago, I said to him, Bob, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you understand me? He looked at me and said, Joe, I not only understand you, I overstand you. I'm sure you overstand me here. I desperately want to work with each of you. And I promise you, you will have access to us on a regular basis. And any emergency, you'll have access to us. We got to figure out a way how to regularly see to it. We can do it as a group like we're doing now. Yeah. I'm going to have to have an opportunity to be able to answer, go down and answer your questions. And let me just say two more things. I like H.R. 1 and I like H.R. 4. But let me tell you something. We're going to have a hell of a hard time getting that passed through a Republican Senate. So the question is, what can we do in the meantime? I'm going to push him. I'm going to push them. And by the way, you know, the whole idea of gag conversations, that ends in my administration. There's no possibility you'll hear me talking about that. There's no possibility that what we're going to talk about is formally how we go about changing police misconduct, exposing it, keeping the records, the things I wanted to talk about with with, um, uh, you, you, uh, Ms. Campbell, were the whole idea of this task force and how we're going to deal with, you're going to see there's going to be at least two more major African-American women who are going to be appointed to this uh, this uh, um, uh, group that we're talking about in major positions in the White House and in the administration. You're also going to see that we're going to appoint, and I guess, well, let me conclude with this because I'm, I'm going to get in real trouble here in terms of my time. You know, um, I promise you, there will be an AG who has a significant record on dealing with civil rights. That's a guarantee. And each of the departments, you will see that as well. Vanita, you did a hell of a job in the civil rights division. I, I, I really mean it. But you will see that is critical. And ladies and gentlemen, I'll let you hear, you know, a little extended clip of Jim Crow Joe. And, you know, Jim Crow Joe, you know, he had to go in on him a little bit. And, you know, they're sitting there quiet. They're not saying anything. They're not interjecting. But it's some things that he brought up I want to address. First and foremost, if I'm having a meeting about the black community, I don't want to hear anything about no other community but the black community. I don't want to hear about no issues unless it's the issues that we bring up in the black community. You understand what I'm saying? You mentioning AOC. What AOC got to do with the black community? That's your personal issue with her and what she got going on. Did those black people say anything about why you're bringing up AOC in this situation? We, we not mentioning her. She's not in any black agenda at all. No, they just sit there and they're quiet like good little slaves. Another problem that I heard him say, he said, hey, I've been knowing most of you uh, for a very long time. That's the problem. That is the problem. He's been knowing them for a very long time, meaning you haven't had no change at all. And this is why the black community stayed where it is at. You understand? 
Most of these people that get access, most of them are Boule. And we know Boule is not about black ownership. It's not about black people being free. It's not about black people building. It's about just treat me a little better on the plantation and give me a job master. And whatever ha else happens to them, you know, uh, Negroes, well, that's on them. That's really what that's about. Now, another thing. Now, this is supposed to be a meeting about black people, black community. And you're bringing up about a so-called white minority in 2040. What that got to do with the black community? Nothing. I don't care about the numbers of, of, of his people. I don't care. We talking about the issues of the black community. Nobody said nothing about that. Then he going to say, he talking about Hispanic people where well, they outnumber you guys and you guys are gonna have to work with them. So are you saying that basically because they allegedly outnumber black people in the future, black people gonna have to go to them and ask them for permission for something. I mean, cause it sounds like that's what you're implying. Also what he did there is he sold a seed of division because if anybody caught wind of that, you basically saying like, what is it about, about them? Well, we got to go ask anything. And then you know how uh, that representative Steve King, that was from Iowa. And I remember he had said something very interesting. I caught it a few years ago. He said that, yes, we are going to be in the minority, but you know what? He said, we're not going to worry about it because the blacks and Hispanics will be fighting each other. So we, we don't have nothing to worry about. And I thought that that comment was quite interesting that he said that now, the reason why they outnumber black people is because black people can't have enough kids to keep up. Well, we got two problems with that. First of all, um, we have wholesale accepted Margaret Sanger's dream of abortion. And you know, now we believe a stupid propaganda that, Oh, if I'm poor, I can, you know, I'm just going to uh, get rid of my kid. Oh, we, we accepted the, the next propaganda that come from the pit of hell. You know, it's my body. I do what I want to do. And you just using that as a form of birth control, um, and, but all of that was Margaret Sanger's doing and the boule people in, in that church house was brought that into the black community. Cause she could not do that by herself. Always. We look at these black folks as cutting our throat every single time. And they're doing it here in this meeting by their silence. Now they asked Joe Biden for a cabinet position, a new cabinet position. Like I said before, if you're not giving out resources in those positions to the black community, then that's just a job for you. What the hell they got to do with black people. Then Joe Biden says that he's been doing more for black people. Now, didn't there's the same thing that Trump would say? I did criminal justice reform. I did opportunity zones. I funded the black colleges, as you know, First and universities. Yep. I funded it and they have long-term financing. Nobody else did it. Obama didn't do it. Nobody did it. I did more for, I say it and I say it openly, I did more for our black population than anybody other than Abraham Lincoln, okay? And nobody's even close. Well, I've been doing more for black people than any other president. Now he coming in saying he done more for black people than any other president. You know what I'm saying? Like, like man, you just really just a straight jacket. What Trump say? That's what I say. You know, a lot of people call him Joe Trump because he, he is the, the left wing version of Trump. He was not talking with them. He was talking at them. You understand the same videos that you have heard in the past from Jim Crow Joe, you heard it come out right then and there. Now, and then now you would think that maybe some people be like, man, we found out about this and man, what's up with this guy? Do you know, I saw on Twitter that April Ryan and a few other 
of those in that, that crowd were mad that this footage came out. They were mad. They say, who leaked it? Like, why are you mad about who leaked it? Huh? Why are you mad about that? And I seen April Ryan about two years ago, actually. Um, well, she, she be, she be walking fast, uh, don't nobody talking to her. Well, I understand. Cause you stop, you're going to have a thousand people stopping you. But the thing is you don't want black folks to know what went on in that meeting. See, we didn't have this. You listen to Al Sharpton and them. They say, Oh yeah, the meeting went good. You know, he listened to us and this and that. And the third, there was a part of this that, that Joe Biden has said to Al Sharpton. Well, I know you're not going to embarrass me, Al. He said that to him in this meeting. Cause this meeting was like an hour and 40 minutes but I'm not going to play that hour and 40 minutes for you like that. Uh, Cause so a lot of parts of it is boring. Cause they're not asking for anything. You have a meeting, you ask for nothing. You, you allowing him to tell you to go look at another group of people and, and, and work with them. Let me tell you something about that. Black folks is the one that, that black former black leaders and those who still are there now will say black and brown, black and brown, black and brown. So what the hell are you talking about working with them? You understand what I'm saying? We don't have to work with anybody. We've always tried to work with everybody, but everybody, what they do is they work with us when their numbers are low and when they get the numbers up and get political power, they're like, F y'all, I'm good. See you. That, that's usually how, what happens with, with us politically. He mentioned assault weapons. Black folks didn't, didn't ask you about no assault weapons. We didn't, we didn't ask you about that. But see, these are the people, the, 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 the urban league, Mark morale and the NAACP. And, and, and national action network and all these people like that get access and they ask for nothing. And you, and, and, and you see, and you heard how he doesn't, he talk about progressives, right? Basically people that's asking for something. Now black lives matter right now is upset because they said they haven't had a meeting with him yet. And I'm pretty sure maybe he'll uh, meet with them too, but that one, that meeting may be just a little bit more contentious than, than this one. But these, these black folks here just go along to get along. All of them, they go along and get along. They make millions of dollars per year. All of them peddling that they doing something for the black community and they completely funded by, you know, Mzungu capital. They can't do anything. If they funded by Mzungu capital, they can't, they can't press Joe Biden like that. They're, they, they what you call controlled opposition. Don't what they're, they're getting, they, they, they face, Unless the majority of the community is so so hardcore on them, they have no choice but to do it. But for them, no. They, all they want is jobs. All they want is cabinet positions. But you know what? That's what that's what he was gonna do, and I'm glad he's doing it. I'm not mad at Joe Biden. I'm not because this is what we expected out of him. See, Donald Trump with his crowd and his base. Day one, he went to writing executive orders. Day one. And that's why this guy got a fan base that will follow him to the pits of hell. Literally. They will believe anything he say, even though is you see he's blatantly wrong. They believe anything he say. He literally has a cult following in this country, a cult following. If you can get a cult following, man, you have attained, you know, the, the, the top level status when it comes to people following you is when people will follow you no matter what. Now, if you have people following you no matter what, and you do it for good, that is a, that's a good thing. But you know, Donald Trump even finessed $200 million out of his people, finessed them. 
told them that they need to donate $5,000 to help with the defense. They end up getting $200 million out, out of his, out of his people before he leave office. So if he ain't got nothing, he got 200 million. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, you know what I'm saying? But this, this, this is what it is now. Now when, when other groups go have meetings about Joe Biden with him, Hispanics are going there talking about everything else. They'll be talking about Hispanics only. That's what they're going to be talking about. They're not going to be talking about all these other groups. They'll be talking about their people, which that's what they're supposed to be doing. When Asians go in there, they don't want to hear about what's going on with Asians. They don't want to hear about nobody else. And native Americans go talk to him. They don't want to hear about native Americans, nobody else. And for sure, I guarantee you, they will speak up and say, Hey, why do you keep bringing up black people? Like, could you imagine they tell another group well, Hey, you know, you got to go through black people and work with them to get something. And they're like, what the hell? Why, why we gotta go work with them? Aren't you the pr- president? Aren't you about to be the president? Why we gotta talk to them for? You're like telling black folks, you gotta go get another group's permission. And let's talk about that. The reason, another reason why, you know, they are in numbers. Well, you know, if you go to Latin America and you know the, the story behind their countries, you read books like confessions of uh, economic Hitman. you know, this country literally went to many Latin American countries and ruined their countries, ruined their economies, you know, turn them into literally trap countries, right? What are dealing all the drugs? Okay. And if they had a leader that was good for their people and want to do right by them, build a country, whatever they came to them, they either work with us. And if you don't, you know, we'll get you out of there either by a coup or, or take your life. That's just, that's just really how it worked in those countries. So then those countries are getting so much despair. Those people come up here and then at the same time, they don't want them up here. I'll say, well, stop ruining their freaking countries. So when these people come in, they come in mom, dad, two, three kids. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying how black folks going to compete with that in population. Think about that. If you got thousands upon thousands of people showing up at the doorstep, black people can't have enough babies to keep up with that. That's why you have more of them in this country. It's just like when you, you had the original uh, Europeans coming here, they were just flooding Ellis Island, flooding it. That's the same thing that's happening now. They don't let enough Africans over here for, for our numbers to, to, to get up there. They would have a fit if they knew they had 11 million more Africans in this country or uh, people from the Caribbean or uh, black uh, uh, Latinos, you know what I'm saying? Afro Latinos. They'll be mad about that. So what I'm saying is, and then they banking on them voting for them. And they, they so silly. It's like, do you pay attention to, to, uh, patterns? Do you pay attention to your research? They don't vote for Democrat like that. They're pretty split. More of them will vote Republican than Democrat. And I know why, because a lot of them Catholic, they don't get down with the LGBT like that. Um, they don't get down with the abortion like that. That's the two issues they have with Democrats is those two issues. If Democrats really want that group, they will have to abandon that abortion and the LGBT and all that they'd be promoting. And, and then they would get that more votes from that group. But what I'm saying is, you know, the, the, this, this is our civil so-called civil rights leaders. This is the meeting they wanted. And Biden, and Biden didn't want this to get out. Repeat that. Biden did not want this to get out. This is supposed to be a secret meeting with, with, with civil rights leaders secret, but we live in a day and time that you can't hide nothing. Things get out. So y'all let me know what y'all think about Jim Crow Joe.
Let me know because I, I'm really interested in hearing your comments about hearing Jim Crow Joe, just like I say, just talking, talking down to black folk. <laughs> I'm laughing because I already knew this what he would do. You know, I mean, yes, I heard him talking about trying to basically undo his crime bill. Dude, look, the damage is done with that. You could undo it today. The damage is done. The damage is done. But y'all let me know in the comments what you think. Thank you for listening to the Philo Scott audio experience. I hope you learned something from our program. Make sure if it's your first time here, go and check out all the episodes that we have. Start binge listening. That way you can get acclimated to everything that we're talking about. If you like our show and we would greatly appreciate you liking the show, support us monthly. You can do it as little as a dollar or more support of the show helps us to keep going helps us to change, upgrade, buy equipment. You know, eventually we're going to start bringing guests in and we want to make sure we put on a great show for you guys. So support is definitely something that we greatly appreciate. We definitely appreciate all our supporters that we have now. We love you. We cherish you. Thank you for everything that you're doing. See you next time.